What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shift Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me as always, your other host, the one, the only, the talented Mr. E, Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, my buddy, my pal, my friend, how are you on this fine, fine Thursday evening? I'm doing good. It's great to be back behind the mic. I thought you and Elon just had an outstanding show uh, on Tuesday, so kudos. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm wrapping up finals week right now. So got a lot of grading and stuff going on. So it's nice to take a break and talk about some fantasy hockey for a little bit. Yeah, fantasy hockey, the unstressful part of your life, right, Lewis? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, All right. Well, let's get into the show then. We have a lot of news to get to, and we are going to start in Toronto where Jackathy Campbell out for a minimum of two weeks with a rib injury. Petr Morazic gets the start tonight against Arizona, uh, who have suddenly become an offensive powerhouse. Uh, before the game started, you know, we were prepping the show. I left myself a little, I left myself some notes here. One of the questions was, is Morazic worth a shot? Can he find rhythm once he gets, you know, potentially a majority of the starts, probably a majority of the starts for the next two weeks. And Morazic has been shelled so far tonight. I believe the Leafs have even, uh, the, the Yotes chased Peter Morazic and the Leafs have, uh, have resorted to a player whose name I do not know, Ennis Kelgren, Eric Kalgren. Yeah, Eric Kalgren. I, I guessed on that E name. It's not Ennis Lewis. Uh, Eric Kalgren. But a good first guess for sure. Very yeah, likely Ennis. to be accurate. <laughs> I thought so. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in the Eric Kalgren era in Toronto. What do you think about uh, the Leafs goaltending situation? Yeah, not bullish on this. I, I, you know, was, was initially kind of interested in, in Mrazic. And if I could have fit into my lineup, I think I might have been after him just because, you know, the Leafs have the offensive talent to be in any game. And this first match against Arizona seemed like a decent one. Um, but you know, the, the Coyotes have decided that the last third of the season here, they're going to make up for all of their woeful scoring. Maybe they've been, uh, inspired by little Capri Kessel, who was, you know, just born recently. Uh, you've, you've been paying attention to the saga of Phil keeping his game streak going while also trying to do his dad thing. It's been pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I don't think you can trust Mrazek. I, I think that he is liable to get blown up on any given night. Like we just saw one of those goals against was really hideous. Like everyone is just flopping around. It seems kind of like Toronto is playing a little scared. Like they are so worried about potentially falling behind that they're making maybe more mistakes than they would otherwise. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really like to see it. There's another, there's another goalie that we're going to talk about a little later who is going to be filling in for an injury who I definitely am more interested in uh, than grabbing Mrazek during this Campbell injury. Yeah, I, I did grab Mrazek uh, in the cupful, and uh, it stinks. It, it's not going great, but uh, I don't know what I really expected. You know, I, I knew this was a possibility, and I'm just glad that this isn't like the first game that the Coyotes scored a myriad goals in, because I think I would have been way more tilted if it came completely out of nowhere. I sort of knew it was coming tonight. Yeah, I think I someone in the Discord was saying that they had scored something like 10% of their goals in the last four games or something. Like they're really <laughs> on an insane streak compared to how they've been, you know, relative to the rest of the season. I think if this was Florida, we wouldn't blink an eye. But because they've yep. been so moribund offensively, uh, seeing this explosion is just a little bit shocking. 
Lewis, thank you for bringing up Moribund and dropping the $10 word here. Uh, the first one of the night. Uh, why don't you take us on to our next headline next? All right. Well, this is a pretty simple one. Eric Carlson is back in the lineup tonight for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, talked about it a little bit, I think, on the Sunday show uh, with Elon and Brian saying that maybe this is the kind of thing that might help stabilize things a little bit for the San Jose goalies who have been struggling a little bit. He's only managed to put together 33 games so far this season. He's got 25 points for a 65-point pace on the year. So kind of getting back to doing a little more of the Carlson stuff that we're used to see. You know, he's not up to those lofty point-per-game, uh, you know, kind of ways that he's been previously, but pretty solid i think uh, and so his owner you know his owner should be happy to see him back in the lineup should be helpful for the goalies provide a little bit more offensive support uh, maybe not a ton to discuss here really but glad to see ek back on the blue line in san jose we talked about Stalock versus v sashenko a few weeks ago and i i think it's time to call uh it's it's sashank show time right uh yeah does that I work mean, does that pun work I'm I it, I guess it didn't get the uh, it didn't get the giggle from me like some of them have so I guess we have to call it a little bit below our average we'll call it a C minus pun I'm sorry bud I can handle it I've had I've had much worse all right so then uh, you know if if we think Sachenko is going to be the guy getting some of these starts moving forward are you interested in adding him or uh, would you take him over Mrazek for instance. I think you would at this point, right? Because it seems likely that maybe a shorter term where he's going to get most of the starts, but um, at least for now, like, you know, for the rest of this week, I would rather have Sashenko, uh, who I'm I'm going ahead and calling him Sashank Show uh, or Sashank Redemption, right? Oh, see that? Mm, I like that. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I just, Mrazic has me freaked out right now. Just the way that the, the Leafs are playing right now has me pretty concerned. I feel like if you're going to lose your game, you might lose with Sachenko, but you're maybe not going to lose by quite as much or he's, you know, less likely to get pulled. So yeah, the Leafs just seem a, a little damaged right now and their goalies especially. All right, well, let's hop over to Dallas where Miro Heiskanen has been missing from the lineup for a while. And it turns out that it is because, uh, just like Sam Darnold, Miro Heiskanen has contracted mononucleosis uh, retroactive to IR for about the past week or so. Lewis, I don't really know what to do with this info because I, I feel like that's the type of ailment that can dog you for like kind of an unpredictable amount of time, I guess. Yeah, this is this is pretty tough news, I think, for the Haskinen owners, just because it it is the kind of illness that can really linger and can really take a lot out of you. Um, you know, some people it, it varies so much, so that's why you know I'm not saying that you should run out and and drop him. You know, if you're in a situation where you can't stash him on IR, but I would certainly be concerned because you know uh, some people get through it just fine, other people are you know knocked out for you know, uh, a couple weeks. Uh, some people can have lingering effects that go on for a very long time. Uh, you know, a lot of folks had it as undergrads. I did myself. Um, and it, it really, you know, knocked me on my butt for uh, three weeks um, that just made it tough to even keep up with my studies at all. So I can't imagine trying to play a physical hockey game every other night plus practices. You know, obviously he's not doing those things right now, but even being able to get back and, and get into those things, uh, you know, I would be worried without a ton of time left in the regular season. 
Yeah, that's a uh, it's it's just one of those weird ailments where you see a guy hit the IR with that, and it's kind of just like I have no idea how long this is going to last. I don't know. You know, I I think the fact that he is a professional athlete at the peak of his career uh, would imply to me that he's able to bounce back a little bit quicker. But certainly, you could see it lingering into the the last few weeks of the season, and kind of a bummer for Dallas, a team that's been so hot to. Uh, to just have that uncertainty with, I think, their best player, right? Like, Haskinen's the best player in Dallas. So I, I guess it's tough with Hintz and Ro- Robertson at this point, I guess. But, yeah, the player who, uh, you know, on defense certainly is the player who is most important for their right. chances. Well, and I think that makes you a little bit worried about, you know, uh, putting in Attinger or uh, Holtby potentially uh, just because, you know, things might be a little tougher uh, defensively, maybe opens up some more opportunities for John Klingberg, though. Uh, you know, if we're if we're trying to put oh, yeah, us, find sure. a silver lining here, yeah. And I mean, fortunately, Ottinger seems to be uh, Kling like a Haskin in proof. He's just been so good uh, anytime he hits the ice. So I'm not that worried about Ottinger. Feels like Dallas might be fine. I guess just feeling bad for them in their their playoff run. Uh, Lewis, why don't you take us to our final headline of the evening? All right. Uh, so Robin Leonard uh, is day to day. He was sent home from the road trip. He has an upper body injury. Uh, so it doesn't seem like it is related to the injury that we thought might cause Leonard to miss some significant time when we talked about him last. Uh, that puts Brassois in position to get some starts. Uh, and there is a back to back starting tonight. So wouldn't be surprising to see Logan Thompson get a Friday start. That might be someone to keep an eye on. Uh, as a potential ad here to stream in a goalie start. Uh, I mentioned before that we were going to talk about a, a goalie who was, you know, being filled in for uh, that I might be a little more interested in. And I see, uh, I see Brassois and Thompson both as more appealing at this point than Peter Morazic. Well, how about friggin' Eric Kalgren here? Uh, now the goalie of record as the Maple Leafs tie up the game with the Coyotes. So could be getting his first win tonight. Kalgren called him up, put him in, called a win. Well, it's definitely nice to see the uh, Leafs bounce back. Um, you know, like I said, I was talking a little bit about kind of a fragile mindset. So I think this will help certainly boost their confidence here moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I like to see that. All right, Lewis, uh, we are going to be right back to talk about the latest hot streaks and cold streaks you're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And Lewis, you are going to take lead on the hot streaks and cold streaks section tonight. I am going to be the peanut gallery. Uh, let me know who you got on the list tonight. All right. I have got two for each of you here. And we'll start with a cold streak in L.A. where Adrian Kempe uh, had an outburst of eight points in four games. But since then, Kempe has had nothing to show for his last six games of effort. It's not for a lack of trying. Uh, He has over uh, 18 shots over those games for a three-shot-a-game average and was one highlight reel save away from uh, by Olmark uh, from hitting the score sheet. Um, But it should be noted, too, that those shots are really weighted to the back half of that six-game stretch. Kempe's only got five shots in his last three games, and that's not the kind of thing you like to see for a finisher like Kempe. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of like Anders Lee, another Cy Young type who doesn't get many assists and can be a really frustrating hold when he's not scoring. Um, but still, Kempe's getting optimal deployment in LA. So if you've got him, I would definitely hold a while longer. Um, or, you know, a lot of managers seem to have gotten impatient. I got one of those Yahoo updates that, you know, is telling me, Hey, you've still got this guy in your roster and lots of people are dropping him. He's lost, um, 
7% of his ownership uh, just over the last day, down to 46% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, he does have a chance to get back on the right side of the score sheet Thursday night against San Jose in the late game after we record. So uh, maybe he'll have been productive since then. But now he's on a cold streak. But for me, I am holding on. How about you? I guess it really depends on who's available on the waiver wire. Um, we talked about Kempe a few weeks ago, and I remember saying he's just like last year. I remember him as one of those players who would go, uh, would just explode for two, three weeks and then go super cold and stay cold, but start shooting again. And you'd see those shot numbers start to tick up. And then all of a sudden the goals would start going in. But there were, there were these like, you know, mid-level cold streaks you know four six games at a time where he would just go cold the difference though this season as you say uh you mentioned his deployment he is getting uh he is getting a significant chunk of time playing with kopitar and kemp and uh kopitar on even strength and on the power play uh what we have seen is the the uh, Kings started to shuffle their power play units in the last game. And also, too, they are not afraid to give the Phil Deneau pair, uh grouping more or less even time on the top power play. So I don't know. I, I feel like Los Angeles seems to me to be moving into a bit more of a like 1A, 1B situation up front. So I don't know that like being the top line in LA is like as important as it was before. It is still good for sure. Um, but yeah, I just don't think Kempe is like a must hold or like a league winner type where like if you drop him, it's going to cost you like so much that it it could be worth holding him for like 10 cold games. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm less into Kempe than you, it sounds like. Well, at the very least, I would be on the lookout to see if he starts to put together some of those four and five shot games again. And if he's able to do that, I think that interest should should return because he really can score in bursts. Um, and, you know, I know he might not be a league winner, but he could sometimes be a weak winner uh, if he puts together, you know, a couple goals in a game or something like that. So uh, and you're right. They have been shifting around that top line. I saw it was Kaliev most recently. It looks like it's going to be uh, here on Thursday night. Um, and that second line is appealing, but I do think it got a bit of a downgrade with Athanasiu coming on to replace Arvidsson while he is on injured reserve. So, uh, but you're right. Mm-hmm. I, it does seem kind of balanced. And, and so I, I do think you're, you're right to be a little bit dubious. Yeah. And I think that the, the thing when looking at Kempe, I thought you were like pretty much bang on with the Anders Lee comparison. Um, a guy who, if you look at his numbers, pretty much just puts up between 50 and 60 points a year. And like, while in deep leagues, like you probably don't want to drop a guy like that who is going to shoot or hit enough to make up for the games where he's not the stretches where he's not putting up a lot of points or where goals are weighted enough to make it worth the lack of assists. Um, Yeah. I just don't think that he's like, you know, in 12 team leagues or 10 team leagues, probably not worth holding. Yeah, I can definitely see it. So yeah, make make an evaluation based on, you know, what you're seeing, uh, from your league, but certainly someone worth keeping an eye on, especially if he, he starts to shoot the puck again, because that's really what you want to see from him. That's what we were worried about with Anders Lee previously. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, let's head over to Chicago for our next hot streak, uh, to a guy that you rightfully have said we have talked about too much, but he is forcing his way back into the conversation. I don't know that there has been a line in the NHL hotter than Strom, Kane, and Alex Dobrinkit, uh, before Thursday night's game. Kane had 11 points in the last four games. Strom had nine points in that time, and Dobrinkit had eight. 
uh, over those four games. Just massive production from that line. Uh, it has a couple points, uh, on Thursday. Kane has a point against Boston already. Strom got in on a power play assist against Boston. Uh, so all three of them continuing that run of production. Uh, you know, Strom has been hot and cold in throughout the season. He's still just 11% roster despite his recent success, including a hat trick. He could certainly go cold again, and Chicago's offense has been anemic at times. Um, but while the Hawks stars are feeling it, I think you've got to grab up this third meal, uh, third wheel. I'm sorry. Uh, just please be aware that they play Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday next week. Uh, so check to see if you can fit him into your lineup because, you know, uh, he has a couple busy days in there and there's quite a gap. Uh, Tuesday to Saturday. So that sort of removes some of your streamability from that slot. Just something to keep in mind when you're thinking about if uh, Strom at just 11% ownership uh, belongs on your roster. Dylan, the third meal, Strom. What a snack. Um, Where's my money, Taco Bell? Sponsor us. There you go. Uh, Yeah, Dylan Strom, you mentioned my annoyance with him. And it's mainly just that like when he goes cold, he does so out of nowhere and just goes completely cold and you you grab him you put him on your roster and then he does nothing you drop him and then he goes off for this stretch of like lewis you added him in the cupful held him through a week where he had an amazing schedule and he did nothing against me and now you've dropped him in like like i i could i could understand the tilt you know what i mean like that's just annoying to me even to think about it yeah, I added, I did something I don't normally do. I added him during that big hat trick game against Anaheim just because I knew that he was going to disappear from the roster. And I'm kind of trying to defend myself a little bit from uh, my opponent who has Patrick Kane. So I figure hopefully, you know, if Kane scores, Debrink can, or not Debrink it, I'm sorry, uh, Strom can maybe get an assist, that sort of thing, just to kind of shield myself moving forward. It's worked okay here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And uh, Strom is the kind of guy, if you, if he fits in your roster and you can and and you just want to ride a hot streak there you might as well like he's in a he's in a great position right now there's no doubt yeah absolutely i mean just a, a super productive line uh so we got to bring ourselves down a little bit and talk about a much less productive line over in philadelphia uh, and that's Claude Giroux. Now, Claude Giroux does have a power play assist, or a, I'm sorry, an even strength assist here on Thursday. So he has managed to break uh, out of this cold streak in a small way. Um, but he, before that, he had only managed four points in the previous 10 games. Uh, he had a decent 2.7 shot per game average. Uh, and his lines have generally been able to carry the play in terms of shooting percentage. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Corsi 4 percentage. Um but, you know, they've, they haven't been very productive on the power play. James Van Riemsdyk, I believe, converted on the power play for them, uh, and Cam York. So that's finally starting to get going, which is probably a good sign for Giroux moving forward. Um, the Flyers have just been doing a lot of chasing, you know, haven't had a ton of success, have been behind by a lot in some of these games. So, uh, it's just been rough sledding, I suppose, for Philadelphia. There are some good reasons, certainly, to hold him. He's still shooting. He gets top deployment. He's very likely to get snapped up if he's dropped on name value alone. Uh, I remember there's been a couple instances in the Cupful, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, uh, where Giroux drops have resulted in just huge fab bids as people have been competing to get him on their roster. And, you know, it's been the buzz of the Discord group. Um, but, you know... Uh, 
If he's traded, he's likely going to become a second liner. He'll lose out on some of that deployment. Uh, and until that happens, he's not giving you a whole ton. I don't know. What do you think? Drew worth a hold here? I- I'm leaning towards yes, but I am, you know, it-, it hasn't been a super fun hold, certainly. In the Cupful, though, like a 14-team league, then that's like hyper-competitive. And if you drop him and things break the wrong way, he could be like, you know, you can easily see him being a top 50 guy rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, Giroux in a league like that is not a drop, but I am in a league that is far less competitive um, that I have Giroux on my team and I'm pretty much kicking myself for holding him. It just feels like I absolutely should have just gone out and grabbed whoever was on the waiver wire. It just uh, things, choices this past weekend weren't that inspiring. It does feel like the waiver wire lately has been has been really bleak. So maybe that's the only reason I haven't dropped him in my shallower league. But yeah, I definitely understand. You know, we mentioned Kempe as somebody who you can drop in 10 or 12 team leagues. I think Giroux is droppable in in shallower leagues as well. I just personally wouldn't drop him in very deep leagues because, you know, to me, if we're comparing to Kempe as an example, um, to me, I can see Giroux going off in a more, uh, in, in a higher ceiling fashion. Yeah, and and his spot is you know unquestioned, right? Kempe could get moved up and down the lineup, but that's not going to happen with Giroux. I know it hasn't happened much with Kempe this season, but you know it's certainly a possibility. Whereas uh, with Giroux, I don't th- I don't think that's the case. Um, you're talking about the waiver wire being uninspiring. Well, maybe I can tempt you with the red hot seven percent rostered Craig Smith. Uh, a deep option if you're looking for an injury replacement or you're trying to replace a cold player. He is on a crazy hot run of 12 points over the last 11 games and change counting an assist here on Thursday night against Chicago. It's all coming from the Bruins' third line with uh, Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick, and he's getting less than 14 minutes of ice time on average. Uh, you know, the results speak for themselves, but it's really hard to recommend a guy playing on the third line and playing so little. Uh, what do you think? Is this guy maybe worth an ad? Boston plays Chicago on Saturday, and then they have a front-loaded schedule next week with three games before Saturday. Uh, so Smith could be streamed out for Saturday-Sunday starters. Again, not very inspiring time on ice or deployment, but the production, you know, uh, the production's got to speak for itself a little bit here. Uh, what are your thoughts on 7% rostered Craig Smith? I like Craig Smith as a player, and like, there have been a few times where I've added him since he's joined the Bruins and kind of, and, and he's worked out and there have been times where I've added him and he hasn't really done much. Um, but if you look at his numbers, he basically just looks like what Kempe looks like when he's, when he's getting points, right? Like the, the shots are there. Um, if you look into the time on ice column and the power play points, then it, it's, it's depressing. Um, and yeah, I don't expect any sort of, I don't think that this run is sustainable, but if you are in a, a, I would say again, a deep league that has a very competitive waiver wire, Craig Smith is absolutely somebody who, you know, you're, you're in the stretch run. You need to win next week to, to keep your playoff hopes alive that then, yeah, it's a, a pretty solid early work, uh, early week stream. Uh, shouts out to cousin Dave, somebody who uh, may be considering Craig Smith for the upcoming stream scheme. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, that's a, that's a good spot to keep an eye out for maybe another mention of him and we'll see, you know, what he's able to produce uh, for the remainder of this uh, Chicago Boston game. 
Unless, of course, it turns out that Craig Smith like uh, didn't get a point on a specific day that Dave happened to have bet on him in DraftKings, in which case, you know, there's no way that Craig he's Smith d- ever once appears. <laughs> well, Lewis, thank you so much for hanging out with me. We are at the end of another episode of Short Shift, and we're coming up on the end of the season. It's it's kind of sad. It's, it's disappointing to he- see how soon the season will end. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us tonight. And, uh, Lewis, please sign us on out of here. Yeah, kudos. Uh, if you're still listening at this point in the season, you are uh, either doing very well for yourself or you are doing everything you can to improve yourself for next season. So good on you. Uh, wishing all of our listeners all the success in the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at Short Shifts KK. We would love to answer your questions. You know, these are some really busy days coming up, so you might have some sit starts, that sort of thing. We would love to, uh, you know, give our advice and, and hopefully be correct. Brian and Elon, of course, you can follow at Keeping Carlson. They will have a Sunday mega show coming for you. Maybe think about uh, coming to keepingcarlson.com slash live and check out the live stream. It's an awful lot of fun. Definitely recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, at Game Day News uh, for all of your up-to-the-minute info. Uh, Shouts out to Dave Betton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Lots of great places uh, to check out. And uh, our intro and outro music is created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.